على درجات لأن شرف العلم بشرف المعلومة فأفضل المعلوم وأشرفها علوم التوحيد الذين يعلمون الناس صفات ربهم صفات الكمال ويدعونهم إلى توحيده وإبادته وإخلاص الدين الله الدين له and so a fiqh first and foremost is in reference to aqeed and tawheed the person first and foremost has understanding in aqeedah and tawheed before anything else and this is the highest level of fiqh Lianna, why? because the affair of an ilm carrying his on, uh, carrying honor is by way of that which is understood by way of it and so the most virtuous of sciences and most honorable of sciences is the sciences related to Tawheed for no doubt this is the sciences which teach the people the attributes of their Lord the attributes of his perfection and call them to Tawheed, to his Tawheed, the Tawheed of Allah Ta'ala. And to the worship of Allah. And ikhlas in the deen for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. So tafakkuf in deen, or tafakkuf in Tawheed, in Kitab Allah, in Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, wa min fiqh salafina salih, نتفكر في سائر الأبواب العلم فقها في الحلال والحرام في إبادات والمعاملات والسياسة في الاقتصاد في كل شيء كل ذلك والله ولله الحمد متوفر فيما جاء به محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم. So person has understanding in tawheed then they have understanding affair of the book and the sunnah. Book of Allah, the Sunnah, the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And if has fiqh in this affair, then they will have understanding as well of the fiqh of the Salaf of this Ummah, the Salaf of Salih. And then this brings about understanding all of the other abwaab and all the other chapters and facets of knowledge. So they have fiqh understanding in the halal and the haram. And in the ibadat. And the mu'amalat. And understanding the affair of siyasa, politics, and iqtisad, and economics. All of that. Naam and all praises due to Allah is mutawaffir fi majabi Muhammad sallallahu So here the shaykh is referring to the other sciences. Naam, that when a person comes and he has a good understanding, has fiqh fiddin in relation to the tawheed of Allah, then his understanding in the affairs that come after it will be at that level of strength as well. So, here he mentions the ibadat. The ibadat. Like what, for example, Ikhwan? The salah. Naam. The zakah, hajj, these are the ibadat. And the Shaykh Salaf Fawzan, Hafidahullah, 
He mentions that ibadat, the ibadat are of three types. The actual affairs of ibadat are of three types. The first of the three are ibadat, ibadat badniya. Ibadat badniya, the ibadat that the person carries out with their body. And the second is al-ibadat maliyah. It's the ibadah that the person carries out by way of their wealth. And then the third is al-ibadah badniyah wa maliyah ma'an. And then the third is the ibadah which is carried out by way of the body and the wealth together. So an example of the first would be what, Ikhwan? Salah, for example, the ibadah of the body. What's the example of the second? Zakat. The zakat. What's the example of the third? Hajj. Na'am, because a person, they spend from their wealth in order to perform the hajj, whilst they exert their body as well, in order to perform the manasik al-hajj, the rites of hajj. And then the Shaykh, he also refers, Shaykh Rabi'ah here, he's referring to the Uloom al deen when discussing the Mu'amalat. And Mu'amalat is in reference to the buying and selling, and nikah, any marriage, a talaq, divorce. All of these affairs relate to in, in the Mu'amalat. Now, if you الفقه فيرابي الفقه كل شيء يتعلق بديننا ودنيانا وعلى رأسها وفي قم وفي قمتها علم التوحيد علم التوحيد لا يغني عنه شيء لا بد منه وقد يغرق بعض الناس في العلوم والفنون لكنه لا يعرف هذا العلم العلم الذي جاء به رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم نعم حتى إن كثير من الناس تجدوه متدلعا من اللغة ومن الفقه ومن الفلسفة ومن المنطق لكنه والله لا يعرف معنى لا إله إلا الله التوحيد الذي جاء الذي بعث الله به الرسل جميعا من أولهم إلى آخرهم وَلَقَدْ بَعَفْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولَ عَنِ اِبْدُوا اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُوا التَّوْحُودِ كُلُّ الرَّسُولِ يَأْتِي بِهَذَا إِلَىٰ خَاتِمُهُمْ محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وَلَذِي بْلَبَثَ الثَّلَاثَ عَشْرَ عَامًا فِي مَكَّةِ يَدْعُوا إِلَىٰ التَّوْحِيدِ دَعْوَتُهُ رَئِيسَ أَسَاسِيَ لم تشرع إلا في السنة العاشرة والزكاة بتفاصيلها لم تشرع إلا في المدينة في المدينة وسائل تشريعات ما يدل على أهمية التوحيد كيف كيف يجهله كثير من المنتسبين للإسلام مما يتعاطى العلم فضلا من الجهال لا يعرفون معنى لا إله إلا الله مع الأسف الشديد نعم أنسو so, the Shaykh goes on to mention here that if fiqh, 
is just generally mentioned. The, the, the term fiqh is generally mentioned. Then, what is understood by that, ma'am, what is understood by that, and what is intended by that, is having understanding fiqh in everything. Understanding in all affairs of the deed of our deed and our dunya. And at the head of that is the affair of Tawheed. And the knowledge of Tawheed, no one can say that they are sufficed of it. They're not in need of it. Rather, it's a must that a person has, a stu- has knowledge and studies this affair of Tawheed. Now, and you find individuals that they drown themselves in other sciences whilst they do not know this knowledge. They do not seek this knowledge. <coughs> they don't seek the knowledge that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came with. Rather, you find that the people, they busy themselves and immerse themselves in other affairs. I other affairs regard in relation to knowledge which do not have any benefit or little benefit within it. For example, philosophy, philosophy or the emergence of regarding logic. However, by Allah they do not have an understanding of the Kalimah Tawheed, La ilaha illallah. The Tawheed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messages with from the first of them to the last of them. As he states as Allah Jal, and indeed we have sent to every nation a messenger with the command of worship Allah ta'ala alone and avoiding the false deities. Every messenger came with this message, and he came with this affair of Tawheed. All the way to the seal of them, Muhammad Wasallam. And he remained in Mecca for a period of 13 years, according to Tawheed. The head of his da'wah, and the basis of his da'wah being that of Tawheed. And the Salah, which is the second pillar of Islam, after the Shahada of La ilaha illallah, was not legislated except in the tenth year after he began his prophecy and his da'wah. Likewise, the Zakat, with his detailed rulings and legislation, was not legislated until Nabi Sallallahu was in Medina. And likewise, this is the case with all of the other affairs of legislation. From these affairs that indicate the importance of Tawheed, how can these people that ascribe to Islam be ignorant of this affair, ignorant of the affair of Tawheed. And be from those that claim that they have received knowledge 
These are regarded those that claim that they are in receipt of knowledge. Much less those that are absolutely ignorant. And they do not know the meaning of La ilaha illallah. ولهذا انتشر الضلال وبدع وإبادة القبور ونشأ عن جهل بعلم الأسماء الله وصفات التعطيل وصفاته وتعطيل صفات الله مع الأسف الشديد ودخل في الإسلام أناس من أهل الأديان أخرى دسوا على الناس على الناس علوما فاسدا المنطق والفلسفة وتواريخ والمزيفة وما شاكل ذلك فأفسدوا أقائدهم ومناهجهم فلا بد من الفقه في الكتاب الله وفي سنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بفهم سلفنا الصالح بفهم رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وفهم الصحابة الكرام رضوا عنهم ومن تبعهم بإحسان هذه عمر لا بد منها ومن حاد عن شيء منها ضل وتاه وما أجمل كلمة قرأتها لإبن التيبية نقلها عن ابن قيم رحمهم الله من فارك دليل دل سبيل ودليل إلا ما جاء به ولا دليل إلا ما جاء به رسول نعم and so the shaykh he goes on to mention that due to this affair or this ignorance of the affair of Tawheed then you find that there's a spread and it becomes widespread now the affair of misguidance and innovations and the worshipping of graves and the establishing of the affair of ignorance in relation to the names of Allah and his attributes along with the affair of negation of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then you find that individuals entered into Islam from other religions and planted within the deen other sciences that were not from the, the deed of Islam. For example, logic or philosophy or false history and things that resemble that. And so by way of that, they corrupted the correct creed and the correct methodology. So it's a must that a person has fiqh understanding in the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah وسلم, with the understanding of the salaf of our salaf of this ummah and with the understanding of the messenger of Allah and the sahaba and those that follow them in good this is an affair which is a must and whoever leaves off or opposes something from this then they will go astray And what is more beautiful than the statement that I read of Ibn Taymiyyah that was mentioned by Ibn Qayyim? So Ibn Qayyim mentions the statement of Ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimahumullah. 
And he says that whoever leaves off the delete, whoever leaves off the, the proof, the evidence, will go astray, will go astray from the path. And there's no delete except for what that which the Messenger وسلم, came with. Dalilina huna, or Dalilina huwa Quran wa Sunnah. Malfakadahuma fi ayyamid maydanin in mayadin dol. Malfakadahuma fi ayyamidanin min min al mayadin dolla. Ada al kalam haq wa huwa ma kalahu rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa kalahu sahabat radilahu anhum. ومضوا عليه في التلقي الفقه والدين الدليل قال الله قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في أي قضية من من القضايا أنسوا الدليل مشيت نعم it is the Quran and the Sunnah and whoever leaves this off in any arena from the different arenas of affairs or life then they will go astray. This kalam is haq. This speech is that will, that's what, it's a speech of truth. And this is what the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said. And what the Sahaba have mentioned. And what has come to pass when we discuss the affair of fiqh with deen. Fiqh and deen. The Masjid al the delil is Qalullah or Qalul Rasulullah in any affair that comes from the different affairs that come to pass or issues that come to pass. The person must use the delil. Allah said, Allah Messenger said, Al An Ba'dul Qadaya Teslu Adilatuha ila alf delil la tajiduha fi kawamis. أهل الضلال ضلوا السبيل ضيعوا أدلة كثيرة مع العسف الشديد في تسميات أحناف الفقه يقولون فقحاني الفقه الكبير والأكبر الفقه الكبير يعنون به فقه الأحكام والفروع وما شاكل ذلك أنسو الآن ناو you find some of the issues, the adilla for these issues are reached in its thousands. However, you do not find it amongst the books and the writings of the people of misguidance because they've gone astray, they've left, they've left the straight path. And they've wasted away and lost much proof. And so you find Naam, those of the Ahnaf, that we regard as also being from Ahnaf, they may say that there's two types of fiqh, the fiqh al-kabir and fiqh al-akbar. And so the fiqh al-kabir, they intend by that, the ahkam, the, the ahkam and that which is like that. وَهَذَا عَمْلٌ عَظِيمٌ لَكِنَّ الْأَكْبَرُ مِنْهُ وَلَا بُدْ مِنْهُ ولا يسعد الناس إلا به هو الفقه التوحيد والإيمان 
هذا هو الفكر أكبر يعني نتفكح في ديننا ونعرف الفقهين الكبير والأكبر والأكبر توحيد الإيمان والكبير الفقه العظيم الذي نميز بين الحلال والحرام والحق والباطل نعم ونستقيه من كتاب الله عز وجل ومن سنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ومن فقه سلفنا صالح رضي ردوان الله عليهم نستعين بفقههم وما ومن وما خلفه لنا من العلوم اللغوية وأصول الفقه وأصول الحديث وتصحيح الأحاديث وتضعيفها كل ذلك لا بد منه لطلاب العلم لا يغني شيء عن شيء نعم سوقونا تمشي سنفق الكبير سنفق الكبير فقه الكبير والفقه الأكبر نعم فقه الكبير referring to the أحكام rulings Whilst the fiqh al-akbar, naam, we should affect the understanding that a person cannot be sufficed of and cannot attain true happiness except with it. This is a fiqh of tawheed and iman. The fiqh of tawheed and iman. And this is the fiqh al-akbar. This is the greatest form of fiqh. Yeah, meaning that the person has understanding that we under, understand as a fakka fiddina. We have understanding in relation to our religion. And we understand the two types of fiqh, Kabir Akbar. So the Akbar, fiqhul Akbar, the greater understanding is in relation to Tawheed and Iman. Whilst the fiqhul Kabir which is Adim in and of itself, is of great stature within of itself. This is the fiqh in which you distinguish between the halal and the haram, and the haqq and the batin, the truth and the falsehood. And it is derived from the Book of Allah and from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi and from the fiqh. Or any understanding of the salaf of our salaf of this ummah, may Allah be pleased with all of them. We seek the aid with their understanding and what they've left for us by way of understanding or by way of other sciences as well. From that, so you have sciences directly attached to language or sciences in usul of fiqh. And in the soul. And sciences in relation to the soul of hadith. The soul of hadith in which we, by way of the science, you can authenticate a hadith or distinguish whether a hadith is weak. All of that is a, is a must for the tulab al-ilm, for the student of knowledge. And you cannot say that he suffices with any of that. فالذي يدرس الفقه ولا يهتم بالعدلة ولا يميز بين صحيحها وضعيفها يقع في الأخطاء كبيرة جدا نعم يقع في أخطاء كبيرة جدا فقد يتعبد الله بحديث ضعيف أو موضوع فلا بد له أن يميز بين الصحيح والضعيف نعم 
And so, as for the one that studies fiqh, however, they do not give importance to the adillah. Meaning they do not distinguish between that which is authentic from that which is weak. Then it's possible they fall into, they'll fall into great errors. For indeed they may be worshipping Allah whilst using a weak hadith or a hadith which is mawdu'ah. So it's a must that they distinguish between the sahih and the da'if. They distinguish between that which is authentic from not. And uh, just for those brothers that were present before, in previous sittings, we discussed the hadith mawdu'ah. Uh, what do we discuss relation in relation to hadith from Allah? What is hadith from Allah? No, not not So the Sheikh is referring to Mawdu'a hadith. What's he referring to? Fabricated. Naam. And what's the what's the uh, what's the hukum of the one that fabricates the the hadith? The hukum, the ruling. Is it linked to the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the one that says something about it and some truth? No, exactly. So we understand from this hadith that the, the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned when Kadaba Aliyah Mutamadan Faitabawa Amakatu Minanar. And whoever lies upon me intentionally, then let him take his seat within the hellfire. We understand that by way of this hadith, this is a, the one that lies from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, yani fabricates a narration, then this is a major sin. This is Kalib al-Nabi It's a major sin. And so, when you understand this affair, naam, the mawdu' al-hadith, fabricating a narration from the Messenger of Allah and that within itself it carries such a severe warning from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Then ma balak Bil-lili ya'mala So what about the one that actually acts upon that narration as well? No doubt it's an amr khatir It's an affair that which carries grave danger Because the narration in of itself Carries with it Naam A severe warning Naam. And then we have the statement Women Huna, Yakul Ahmed wa Ishaq, Mina Imma al Fiq, Wal Hadith, Ridwanullahi Alehim, Ella Li La Yumayis Bayna Sahih al Hadith, Wadaifu, Lay Sabi Alimin, Limada, Lianahu Kot Yeta Abadullah, Wayhalil, Wayharimu, Bila Ahabi Hadith Taifa, Wamodua, Yafayudur Nafsahu, Wayudur Nas. Naam. And so, here we have the statement of Ahmed and Ishaq. Who's Ahmed and who's Ishaq? Who is Ahmed and then who is Ishaq? The statement of two of the A'imma from the Hadith. So Ahmed is Ahmed ibn Hamad, Imam Ahmed. And Ishaq. 
إسحاق ابن راحويا راحويا إسحاق ابن راحويا both of them from the Aima of Ahlul Hadith. Ahmed ibn Hanbal ma'aruf from the Aima of Arba'ah. And then Ishaq, referring to Ishaq ibn Rahwi. And they mention that the one that does not distinguish between the Sahih Hadith from that which is da'if is not an alim is not an alim and why? because he could be worshipping Allah or declaring things to be halal and declaring things to be haram based upon a hadith which are da'ifah or mudu'ah based on a hadith narrations that are weak or fabricated and so he harms himself and harms the people ومن فقد الدليل دل السبيل قاعدة تأتي في كل مجال فعليكم بالتفكك في الدين الله عز وجل على طريقة السلف الصالح يسأل الصحابي عن مسألة فيجيب بآية وحديث في أي قضية لا يكون رأي كذا ولا يخرج عن عن النص إلا إذا ما بلغه فيشتهد وقد يكون النص عنده غيره لأن هذا حفظ شيئاً حفظ شيئاً وهذا حفظ شيئاً آخر وهذا فاتح شيء نعم And so this statement man, man, dal, man faqal al-dalee dalla sabil Whoever has left or has lost the proof they will go astray from the path and This is a statement for Ikhwan Ibn Taymiyyah. The statement of Ibn Taymiyyah, na'am, narrated by Ibn Khayyam. Na'am. This statement here by Ibn Taymiyyah is a qa'idah, yani qa'idah al-deen. It's a principle. It's a principle that can be used in every affair. So it's a must a person has understanding in the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal upon the way of the Salaf, or Salaf al-Salih. And so the Sahaba, when they were asked about an affair, they would answer with an ayah or a hadith. In any affair, any, in any issue. And they would not state, that my opinion is this. They would not leave off the nas, they would not leave off the text. Except for a situation where they had to make ishtihad And maybe the text was with another individual For perhaps he has memorized something And another individual has memorized something else And so it's possible that something may have passed him by from the evidence أول شيء إنه قال الله وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم 
فإذا لا يمكن معه الدليل يجتهد ويقول هذا رأي إن إن أصب إن أصبت فمن الله وإن أخط إن أخطأت فمني ومن الشيطان يقولها ابن مسعود ويقولها غيره رضي الله عنهم نعم أسوه يلفي الله تمت الصحابي يلفي الله أن من إجتهاد based upon his ability However, the first thing that the person seeks to take from is Allah Rasulullah That Allah said, and the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said Naam And if the Dalil was not with him Naam, then he would make ishtihad And he would say that this is my opinion and if I am correct, then it's from Allah. And if I have erred, then it's from myself and the shaitan. And this is a statement that Ibn Mas'ud and others from him from the Sahaba would say. وَكَانَ أَبُوْ بَكَرُ رَلِلَهُ عَنْهُ إِذَا دَهَمْتُ الْحَاجَ وَلَيْسَ عِنْدَهُ النَّاسِ النَّصِ إِنْدَ اللَّهِ مَا يَسْأَلُهُ عَنْهُ ماذا قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ماذا قال رسول الله في هذا القضية يسأل العمر رضي الله عنه كذلك إذا لم يمكن إذا لم يكن معه دليل يسأل من هو أصغر منه فيجد الحديث عند من هو أصغر منه من الصحابة ومن من جاء متأخرا كالمغيرة ابن شعبة رضي الله عنه فيسألهم فيجيبونه الرسول قال في القضية فلانية كذا وفي المواريث وغيرها ويعنف ولا يعنف نعم الوصول يمشن تأفير أوف أبو بكر رضي الله عنه تأف النيد إذا كان النيد الذي كان له ويجد أنه لا يوجد تكست له نعم لا يوجد تكست له then he would ask about the affair. He'd say, what did the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say? Naam. What did the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say in this, in this affair, this issue? He would ask Umar, likewise. And if the delay was not with him, then he would ask an individual that was younger than him until he would find the hadith, the narration. That would aid him in answering his question. And so he'd go to those who are younger than him, or those that had came after him, yani suhba, those that came after him from the Sahaba. For example, he would ask Mughira ibn Shu'ba. And so he would ask them, and they would answer. The Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa he said, <coughs> Naam. And then he'd, be, and he'd, be, he'd receive the answer that the Messenger of Allah sort of said this in this particular uh, issue. For example, in Mawarif, the of inheritance, he would say this. And there was no shame in doing so on Allah Ta'ala. A'lam. Wa huna khaira. We'll conclude here and then continue, inshallah, next, uh, in the next setting.
بارك الله فيكم وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم يا الله